0: Welcome to episode 26 of the Firefish Recruitment Podcast. Today we will be joined by acclaimed recruitment sales trainer, James Nathan, to talk through some of his tried, tested and proven sales techniques that win recruiters repeat business with their existing clients. As an industry, we tend to focus a lot on our business development strategies and pulling in new business from prospects we've never even worked with before. But what about our existing clients? Canvassing for new business is a lot harder than it used to be so focusing more time and effort into making the most of our existing client relationships is a no-brainer. This podcast was originally filmed on the Crowdcast platform so you may hear some live questions being answered throughout. If you enjoyed today's episode please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Good afternoon, everyone. And I can see lots of activity already on the side panel, so welcome. Delighted we have James Nathan here. Thank you very much for coming on to our monthly Crowdcast.
1: Uh, It's a complete pleasure. Excellent.
0: So um, I'm Wendy McDougall, Chief Fish of Firefish. Welcome to the Firefish Crowdcast. And as I said, James is going to hopefully enlighten us as to how we can win more business for our existing recruitment clients and looking at referrals, being good at customer service um, and all of that stuff. So I'm really excited to hear more. But firstly, before we dive in, um, you've had a, a brilliant career in the recruitment industry. It's been yeah. um, good to you, um, and you're, you're still still in it. Um, but you started out in Michael Page. Do you want to just give me a wee bit of background on you and uh, what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, I'm 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 as old as dust. It feels at the moment <laughs> with with in terms of recruitment. I've been around a long, long time. But um, like a lot of people, when I fell into recruitment. I was I was a chartered accountant. Um, I tried to find myself a new job. I, I knew I didn't really want to be an accountant, and I wasn't sure what to do. So. I went to meet a few recruiters, and uh, I'm not the quickest at you know at catching on to things. But when the fourth one said to me, "James, you should probably be a recruiter," I thought, <laughs> "Oh, there might be something in this." Um, so yeah, I ended up joining Page in Leeds um, for, for lots of good reasons. I really liked the people I met. Um, I loved the training scheme that they ran. I thought it was fabulous. And if I was going to train somewhere, I might as well mm-hmm. train at the place where everybody else seemed to have come from. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, but that was a, a long time ago.
0: Yeah, dif- different ways of recruitment
1: now. Uh, d- uh, d- recruitment's recruitment, um, and people are people. I don't think it's changed significantly. Tech's changed enormously. Access to um, information has changed enormously, you know, and and in some ways in a very very good way. In other ways, not not so much. Um, but the people side of recruitment is the is the bit which you know I'm most keen on. How do we engage with people? How do we build relationships with people? Um, you know, face-to-face stuff. You know, the old-fashioned shaking hands. That's that's what I like. <laughs>
0: Goodness help me! So, and, and that's really where you have been specialising in is looking at, although um, your business recruiting to win focus on focuses on business development, helping business uh, recruitment businesses, you know, win more business. Yeah. But the angle that you've been taking this um, it, it laterally is looking at actually your customer service, your referrals, looking at those at different channels, because yeah. that's what I like to look at in business development is different channels, different areas that you can then get leads in and also deliver onto business. Yeah. So in terms of your experience if we kick off and look at you know what what is the difference that you've experienced of good customer service and great customer service right. and what does that mean when in terms of a return
1: Okay so good customer well customer service is a funny thing because people think of it as a department where it's not customer service is about looking after the people that engage with you, whether we call them customers, or more clients or or whatever, you know, jing gen- language we use. Um, and we expect good service. We expect that we will be given what we are, th- the minimum of what we expect all the time. You know, people who say we do what we, we say we're going to do, you know, to me, that's that's ridiculous. That's not a USP. That's that's a minimum. And and so businesses should be doing the simple stuff well the difference between good service and great service is how you focus on the business that you're working with and the person you're working with how you engage with them and how you delight them because if we delight people if they enjoy working with us if they are delighted by the way we work with them we're easy to work with there's no massive friction Um, stuff goes wrong of course but you know because we're working with people but if we can give them more than they expect in terms of just a really great uh, process and style, they'll want to do it again. Um, And if they want to do it again, they'll want to do it more and they'll tell people about you. And that's the bit that's golden. It's getting to the the point where people say, "Um, I'm looking for a new accountant. And the person that, you know, the, the other person says, oh, well, you should speak to this person. And then you become the one that gets referred. That's the key. And if you can get that right, that's that's amazing.
0: It is. It, it just makes business development feel easy, doesn't it? Um, yeah. But it's all the work that you've almost done to yeah. then hopefully get that referral. And, you know, it's one of the lines that I, I, I've i definitely heard you say, and it's one I, I love as well. It's like, how do you make customers fall in love with you?
1: Right. <laughs> well, it is. I, I, I was just talking about this this morning, that, that business development is a bit like a seduction. It's a bit like when you first meet that person that you're really interested in and and you give them your full attention and you listen, you hang on every word, you're that kind of process. And um, we forget that. And we also forget that once we're in a relationship with that person, we need to continually keep that alive, keep that fresh, keep that, that excitement there. And you know clients are a bit like that. you know we woo them and we spend time getting to know them and we get them I go, oh, got a client and then what happens? Well we stick them into the database and we get a few jobs from them and we try to fill them and, and then so what. Um, and if we can continue to think about that person from their perspective, we can think about how can I delight them, how can I get them to really continually love me? Because it doesn't take long to annoy somebody, does it? It doesn't take long to lose a client. No. <laughs> um, you know, and it's there's so many ways you can do that, but there's so many nicer ways where you can continue to just keep that that relationship fresh and, and happy, you know?
0: I was going to say, I'm, I'm really interested to hear about some of the ways that we can annoy customers and turn it, turn it around. But before we go there, so in practical yeah. sense, yeah. you know, as you've mentioned, a lot of recruitment agencies will... Present themselves in recruitment businesses as saying they do great customer service. Yeah. So looking at that and keeping that excitement throughout that um, throughout that process and from year to year, you do you have some practical examples of great companies or recruitment companies that are doing that well and you know have actually demonstrated that and, and succeeded at it? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, I mean, without naming naming specific businesses. Um, yeah. If you are thinking about your client from from the client's perspective, and and a lot of people give, play lip service to this, they say, yeah, we're cl- we're customer focused. It's all about the customer. They're not. They're focused on what they can get from the customer. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is actually think from the customer's perspective and think about how would I like to be served? How would I like to be treated? What would I like to find? What should happen? You know? And if we if we play if we think from that direction, then we can put in place simple processes things like keeping in touch with clients giving you know putting notes in Doris to phone them and actually doing that Um, inviting them to events if we're running them going to meet them on a regular or sensible basis Um, just having a way of looking after somebody that is is looked is checked on almost you know so that we're not we're not letting you, you remember those conversations where you meet someone and go oh my gosh it's such a long time since we met and then you realize it was five years ago <laughs> um you know that <laughs> You can't do that with someone you want to work with. Um, You have to keep that regular contact and time does go really fast. So the best ministers have these milestones and processes in place. And then they also do extra things. So they'll think of a simple example. If I know that my client loves basketball. Right. And I know that they're a New York Knicks fan. It doesn't take much for me to drop a little email across when I've seen something online about the Knicks or, you know, or have a conversation around that. If that's something I enjoy, too. Um, And it's just a matter of looking out for those things. People forget to ask the kind of questions like, you know, what are you up to on the weekend? You've got anything nice planned? Well, most people do the things they enjoy on weekends. And if you start mm-hmm. having that sort of conversation, you start to understand what that person's about. And if you know they love something, then that's, it's good to stick that in your bank. Because at some mm-hmm. point, you don't want to thank people. Mm-hmm. I don't think we do that enough. But when we do decide, I'm going to thank someone, it's best to thank them with that thing they love. Yeah. Uh, you know, a book on a subject they really, a I, 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 silly example, I've got a friend who lives in the States who loves chairs. It's a bit of a... a
0: chairs. It's a, it's a um, I'm thinking that's not the easiest thing to send them.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. But I found a book of 1,000 um, iconic chairs that I could, you know, that he was delighted with. That's, that's a simple example of just knowing someone enough mm-hmm. to send them something they'll love. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what's a book, five quid or something? I mean, we're not talking about... taking them to the Ritz and putting them up for the weekend. It's just simple stuff we can do for them.
0: And the thing I think is quite interesting there is that you're definitely personalising it to each person and their personal sort of um, likes, dislikes, rather than sort of the company as a whole.
1: Uh, Absolutely. It goes a lot further, though. It goes into how that person wants to communicate and the style they like and understand them enough to know that, um, you know, they prefer you to drop a WhatsApp through so they can phone you back or they prefer to, I've got one client who only communicates through Twitter DM um, It's what he likes to do, you know. If you know that, you can get on with it the right way. But it's never about a company. When people sell themselves, they always say, I'm James and I'm from this company and this is what we do. And Mm -hmm. that's not how people think, you know. The no like and trust process isn't that. So it's all about you first and them. They're the person that you're working with. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're not in touch with them, it's not good enough to say, well, our company met with that person a year ago. Mm -hmm. Well, if that person is no longer the same point of contact and you're no longer the same point of contact, then you've lost that relationship and you need to reignite it just with that person.
0: And I think that's one of the things that technology has, you know, forces almost to lose a little bit, isn't it? Because we're sort of still, you, it's black and white. You know, they're there, they're they're in, they're off, etc. But actually, yeah. you can you can move that relationship from place to place as they they move. Is that something you know you encourage that companies to track and um, and actually?
1: recruitment i to say you'd be nuts not to Recruitment's a people business and um if you if you want to build business really well you build a great relationship with somebody and then you build it with the relationship behind with, with the business behind them they will at some point probably move jobs and when you do if you've built a good enough relationship with that person and the business behind them you keep the per the the business, mm-hmm. and you can start a relationship with the new business where that person moves to. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you continually track that properly, two things happen. Firstly, you grow your business. And secondly, if you're in the marketplace where where your hiring manager is actually operational, they very often become your, your, uh, your candidate, mm-hmm. and there's no better. I mean, is there a bigger um, well done than someone saying? Actually, could you help me yourself, myself? I know I'm looking to move jobs. Could you help? You know that sort of thing is awesome.
0: Definitely, and I can see from the side chat that we have started a book frenzy. Um, There's some there's there's some great uh, people committing to actually having that book no, <laughs> and also a there's thing, a few though. more that um, there's a few more that people I'm not sure if I want to know what book you've got Nicky, Nikki but um that's all
1: <laughs> and if you go on any of the oh, I think I, I went on Amazon and just put in books uh, book book about chairs <laughs> and found the, the top three thousand something like that. Riveting each to their <laughs> so own really,
0: and, you know, yeah absolutely so let's look at the opposite then, because you will have also seen. I'm sure you've had companies come to you and go, "Gosh, I just messed up with this client. It's almost like bad PR, good PR, etc." Mm-hmm. It can work in your, you know, against you as well. So, what sort of mistakes or behaviours, um, as you've seen that a recruiter, um, you know, has sort of messed up and then stopped getting any repeat business?
1: It's always the same thing. I think it's not. It's the the, the, the biggest thing that people do wrong is promise what they can't deliver. Mm-hmm. You know yes, Mr. Client, yes, Mrs. Client, we can do that. We've got the right people, we've got a great database, leave it with me, I'll get back to you tomorrow with with the shortlist um, with absolutely no idea of how they're going to do that. And
0: Why do we always say that in recruitment? I, I hear it? it's a standard. Everybody feels like they go in and they say that's what's expected, so it's almost they're trained to say, yes, no problem, we will, and they never will. <laughs>
1: Um, fake it before you make it is oh. a thing that, you know, it, it drives me a bit crazy. And I think, was it Richard Branson who said something like, um, always say yes and then find out how to do it? So uh, Richard is the problem? Yeah, I, well, I <laughs> you know, he's been reasonably successful.
0: David says send a book, okay. <laughs> yeah. but,
1: but the, um, you know, I, I think that we, there is, people don't want to look daft, they don't want to look unprofessional and they don't want to look like they can't provide a solution. But actually, one of the best things you can do is say to someone, I can't help you if you can't help them. I don't think I've ever had a client when I was when I was operational who ever said, um, I'll never use you again, mm-hmm. you know, just because I couldn't fill the job. They like the honesty of actually, I that's haven't it. got anybody right now. I'm going to go and tr- see what I can do. I will try and find a way. Now, that's totally different to um, a role which is retainable and requires a search. or you know, is a different thing. But just promising you can do something and they're not doing it is a terrible thing to do. Also, just not keep the, the other thing which I see a lot is just people not updating their clients. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel worried that when they call back and say, I haven't done anything yet or I haven't got anybody yet, that somehow that's a negative. Um, well, obviously, we'd all rather say, I've got somebody great for you. But, um, you know, we like to know what's going on. And no news is, people think no news is bad news. Um and uh, just that kind of updating keeping in touch um the other one which is a constant and it's and it's never going away at the moment well, hasn't gone away is candidates who don't get feedback um you know and we can all whinge and bitch about how it's always the client's fault they haven't given us any feedback but we have to give people something Mm -hmm. um and that something might be uh, i've not been able to get effective feedback for it shows terribly on the client but it's important that we do that because just taking someone's time and effort and they'll be sitting there waiting like you know like a child on christmas eve waiting for the answer um to just get nothing is isn't it's, it's rude isn't it i think it's rude
0: it, yeah and and it greatly affects your affects your reputation as well because if they're not getting the feedback they're going out i find that that's worked for me in the past i don't know if that's something you have um yeah, i certain- think
1: you have to do that you have to do something um you know often as a but- passing exercise of, well i haven't got feedback from the hiring manager particularly if it goes through an internal function um but then you just have to let that candidate you, a yes or no is important um mm-hmm. but doing nothing is the worst yeah. you know just disappearing away yeah, definitely uh, you know, is 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 horrendous but the th- those none of those things we talked about cost anything apart yeah. from effort you know? yeah Yes, it's a great way of looking
0: important. at it effort yeah, yeah. and and showing you care. Um, Mark said a good point here. You know, sometimes clients like, you know, they need the feedback that you've been unable to find somebody. I think, um, you know, if we look at that in contingency and retained models as well, there's definitely that fear of being able to deliver that news. You know, how do you coach businesses and recruiters to actually have the confidence to be able to say, hey, I know I've taken a retainer from you, but I haven't found anybody yet.
1: Uh, well, there's. we well, need to step right back and stop people selling retained assignments where they can't actually produce a, a solution. Um, but then, if you do, you, you, if you're ever selling something you don't know you can fill, you're a you're a crazy person. Um, so that's that's the first point. But there are there are times where um, where exercises just fall over. The market is what it is, um, and the client expectation or the client's um, requirement just isn't. Isn't available, um, and that's the point where we need to be very honest with the client. And go back to them, and say, "Look, I've had a good look. This is what I've found. This is what the market is giving us. Um, you know, we can't produce the impossible for you. So, what do we move? What do we flex? What don't you need? What could we change? Could we go more junior? Could we shift someone? I mean, could we shift somebody internally and look to recruit at a lower level or a higher level? Or you know, exactly. you just have to be very lateral in your thinking around it's it's recruiters are solution providers providing a solution to a problem which is i need somebody um and you know we're not talking about widgets and being able to shave an edge off a, off a desk to fit it in a room it's getting or the a right. <laughs> it's unfortunately it'd be lovely wouldn't it we'll just chop that one in half and use half of her half of him and For, we'll get there
0: right. <laughs> yes very, very much easy and but what you've just said there that is huge valuable value to a customer because you're giving them market insight. And yep. sometimes I think in, we have this perception as recruiters that the only end goal is a person and a CV and a hire, We're actually part of it could be it's a new role, we're investigating the market, and am are going to have an expert take me through this process, and this yep. role might not exist, or we need to change it. That's really good value.
1: There's a lot of order taking that goes on, and we're not mm-hmm. order takers. Yeah. We should be consultative. We should be listening to what the client's telling us and discussing that with them. And giving them our opinion now. If we haven't got an opinion because we haven't experienced yet, that's fine. We need to say, "I need to bring somebody else into this process because I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's not my area of expertise. I need to bring in an expert. Let me talk to somebody and get back whatever it might be." But um, but we don't. But just saying yes, I'll do that, and going away mm-hmm. and trying is it often it ends in trouble.
0: And do you find that's a skill set that we have lost in the industry and we're having to re-educate into it? Or, you know, is it people are scared to spend more time with customers like that? What are you seeing? I don't know.
1: I think there's there's an instinct that, well, the the, the biggest problem with recruitment is email, in my opinion. Um, and it's it's because it's so incredibly overused. You can't build a relationship with someone by typing on a screen and you can't listen to the nuances of what they're talking about, and you can't probe and question in the same way you can in a telephone conversation or a Skype call or whatever it might be. And so I think we're very quick and easy to accept a a brief by email and just say, yes, I'll get on with it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like sending a CV and having never spoken to the person, just expecting that what it says is going to fit the personality of that business. It doesn't work that way, and so um, we need to Delve a lot deeper. Take better. Spe- I don't think we're taking good enough specs in a lot of businesses. I don't think we're we're probing enough. Um, okay. and I don't think we're pushing back enough. And are we being? Tra- are people being trained? Um, lots of businesses are excellent at training their people. They spend okay. a lot of time. Doing it. Yeah, there are. Um, there are lots of businesses, however, who stick someone on a desk, give them half an hour's training, and or put them on an online program, and then hope for the best
0: or
1: send them off to a course where they where they learn the very simple fundamentals but they don't embed that training they don't spend time the managers are sitting with them it's it's a common issue um a lot to do with time but then time management's the biggest problem that a lot of consultants have isn't it they they just find it very difficult being pulled in all their directions and it's no different to up to the managers
0: yeah, interesting. So let's move this on in terms of then looking at, um, you know, maybe formalising, you talk a lot about, and I, I'm going to struggle saying this, because I've got to, as I said to you before, but um, the referral revolution. Got referral it.
1: revolution.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so taking that, you know, all that good concept, but actually then sort of turning it into referrals um, and the revolution that you are um, indicating, you know, yeah. how, how do you then take it to sort of that next step in terms of referral fees or anything else? Because we, we get asked a lot about, well, can you, you know, can you track this so we can say thank you? And yeah. do we know where that leads come or that candidates come? So what's your thought process on that?
1: Well, I think that tracking that you're talking about is really important. And I think we don't track uh, the, the, the data tracking in recruitment tends to have become more about Call volumes and dials and 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 what have you, particularly on the um, you know these fancy screen systems that you see about the place now, um, but and and less about um, where's the real information. So you know where's someone come from, who do they report to, all that sort of stuff that we we should need or should have, um, but also referring. We all want referrals into our business. We all love the idea that somebody comes to us by referral. And a lot of businesses say, you know, we we build our business by personal referral. But actually, without a process, without a strategy in place for that, um, it's extraordinarily random. And you wouldn't let somebody else control the business development of your business in a normal sense. But when, in terms of referrals, we do. We, mm-hmm. we look at um an outward program in terms of trying to attract clients to us we'll go networking we'll do all these different things but how do we actually encourage people to refer business to us Um, i'm not a fan of paying for it i think it takes out um the important bit which is trust because when i when i take a referral say for instance somebody says to me i said somebody i really need a new crm i need a new system for my business and they say you must talk to wendy that's borrowing the trust of that person and their trust yeah. of you, because I trust that person. I'll listen to them and I'll act upon it. When we pay for that, it changes the dynamic. Um, and I've never, I don't think, had a good referral which is based on me paying them for it. I However, totally agree with
0: that. Yeah,
1: it's 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 um, it, it's not dirty, but it's not right. And um, we 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 like to act. People love to take um other people they trust advice so if we can encourage that if we can say at the right point of a relationship i'd love to ask you who you might introduce me to that will happen but we need to set our stall out we need to allow people to understand that that's how our business works right from the very beginning the first conversation when they say how do you get your business how do you develop that how do you bring in candidates whatever it might be we have to we have to tell them that a huge portion of that is referral and by personal referral and that we would hope that the relationship will be so good at one point in the future when you're loving us and we're loving working with you that i'd like to ask you if you knew anybody but we'll do that in the future um, and then the only time you can ask is when they're saying something to you like that was great thanks so much it's been really good working with you at that moment then you can say to them, look. You know, I talked about how we work by referral. I'd love to ask you: Is there anybody you know that I could be you could introduce me to? And people will do that, yeah. but this is the other bit: when they do, you've got to thank them for it. Uh, you've got to let them know what's happened. You've got to give them some feedback. So often, you know, I I've given some business recently to to a solicitor, um, and I know my clients working with them, but I haven't heard from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just think, "Come on, really? I've given you some business. What nicer present can I give you than someone to come and work with you?" And so we have to look at that and make sure that we're reinforcing that behaviour. You know, when a dog sits, we give them a biscuit, and we do it every time. <laughs> it's right. It's really simple. I don't, um I feel a bit, you, but you, you know how it works in reality. So if we encourage good behaviour and reinforce that good behaviour, people will do it again. Um, it's simple then we've got to we've got to kill the like. we've got to make that the best piece of business we've worked on when that person's referred to us we have got to look after them we've got to make sure that we do everything we should do um, that it's just exactly as that other person tells them it's going to be if it's not the trust gets completely blown out of the water so referral revolution is about thinking about how it works in your business and not only teaching aspects of how to Build great relationships so people want to talk about you, but also encouraging people to learn how to ask for that, um, that referral. And also simple things like, would you, you know, that was great. Would you mind giving me a testimony or would you put that right in for me? I'd love to put it on my website. and you know, all Things like that which will help encourage others to see who you are and talk about you. So it's about looking at the whole process around referral and how do we make it a, a, a strategy, a strategy for a business.
0: And that all makes so much sense. And I think it, sometimes it's the, if we were being critical of all ourselves, is we're just so glad we've done a great job and we've been told that's brilliant that we forget to ask. And yeah. that's a sweet moment of actually that's when you want to ask.
1: But that point's important because quite often you see candidate or you see consultants who are told, ask a candidate if they're interested in the job. And if they're not, ask them if they know anybody. Yeah. Well, that's great. Do that. I wouldn't suggest you shouldn't. But your hit rate is very low. Yeah. Ask people who you've just helped; they're much more inclined to want to help you.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you know, I was really refreshed, and because I, I think you know we've gone through every phase of you know, oh, can we have a MPS scorecard? Can we send them another sort of link to score us on our um, ability to fill this job? So we've gone through a lot of that recently. But I was really, and, and you know, I again, I think that is yes, you will get scores, you'll get indications as to how the business is performing on that, but you're missing that opportunity to say, hey, you know, can I get you to refer me or that personal touch as well with that sort of black and white sort of survey, if you like. But I was really, really encouraged. And I'm not sure if you've seen anything like this on the market. One of our customers were uh, was advertising a position for and uh, within a recruitment agency, 100 uh, percent to, to focus on customer engagement. Right. And when I was looking at it, I thought, that's interesting. You know, she's, uh, she'd said, oh, this is a really new role for us and we're going to take this on board. And when I started to look into the, the job spec and description, you know, they're going to actually have somebody going through, talking to all the candidates, all their clients and really getting that feedback. And for me, it looks like that's how they're transferring their hard work into a positive strategy that will pay dividends for them.
1: And that I think that's great if you can afford that. Yeah. Um, but a lot of uh, people
0: prioritize it.
1: Yeah. But if you look at that, it should be be just something we do. We, you know, we should be asking for feedback, but we should be having reviews with our clients. We should be have proper honest sitting down and saying, how are we doing now? Let me take you out for lunch. Let me buy you a coffee. Let me ask you what you think and taking actual feedback. Not it's all well and good to pat yourself on the back. It's lovely to hear that they (laughs) love you. Um, But when they don't love you, is there a systematic issue? Is it a one-off or is there a problem? Um, You know, there's a fantastic quote from Gordon Ramsay. said something along the lines of, he's not interested in hearing how good he is. He knows he's good. He's interested in what's wrong so he can make it better. And I think we shy away from that a lot. We don't look for, how can I improve what's not good about what I'm doing?
0: Yeah, I have a soft spot for Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> I oh, I think he's great. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'd like to work for him, but I think it'd be a laugh a minute.
1: You can't knock his <laughs> success. You really can't.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, very good. And and does that then roll into your concept of, you know, the super soft selling? Because there's a lot of chat around, you know, my last and um, last speaking that I was doing was, you know, no more cold calling. We're looking at different ways of engaging business. Is that what um, when you're referring to some of the courses you do, you know, this new super soft selling concept?
1: Um, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm still a firm believer in cold calling, but I don't call it that. I think we need to find ways to introduce ourselves to people we want to work with. Yeah. Um, one of those ways is to pick up the telephone and talk to them. Yeah. um i think if we decide suddenly we're not going to do that i mean we i've been I've got a, a 20 odd years worth of this and i've never it's never gone away but i don't want a cold call i don't like doing it blah blah of course you don't who wants to call someone and just ha- have you hung up on but we're not selling double glazing we're introducing ourselves in terms of a, a professional service um soft selling super soft selling is 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 just a way of explaining how actually people don't like to be sold to but they like to buy um and if we can understand what it is that they need really understand and when them, they need it sorry and when
0: they need it
1: absolutely when they need it then we can provide them that thing in a way which feels like they're getting a problem solved and so i think if we if we constantly look at what do i know how do i understand what can i learn what how do i integrate with this business and then give them what they're looking for they're not being sold we talk of we recruitment is a sales business there's no two ways about it um i think people shy away from it and we just need to get real to understand that actually that's what we're doing but no one wants someone turning up and shouting buy this this is why you should buy it from me." They, we want people to say, what are you looking for? It's exactly what you're looking for. If someone comes to me and says, you know, James, I, I want you to train my guys. I say, fantastic, lovely. Then we sit down with the coffee and work out what they actually want. And then we work out what they need. And then we put together something that which works for them. It's exactly the same in every type of professional sales. Um, so which is why I've given it a really nice little title. But super soft selling is what we used to call consultative selling. Yeah, okay. Listening and listening is the key skill and interpreting and asking and re-asking and probing and ensuring understanding and then providing exactly that to our client.
0: So let's look at that when the customer is like a business owner is coming to you and saying, you know, I need my team trained. Like what are the most common areas that business owners are struggling with right. that you need to help them with?
1: Um, <laughs> there isn't really a most common um, okay. Every business is different. Every business has its own needs. Um, it's recruitments of people business. So um, it's not about you know going in and, and rewiring the, the house, but um, very much about looking at where the development needs are of individuals. So it might be, for instance, that a, a business wants to learn how to sell retained assignments in which case that's something that they're not comfortable with, they're not quite sure how to do, they need some training. It It might be that they want to network more, but they're uncomfortable in a room with strangers or they just really just don't know, they don't understand how to go about it. Um, But then a lot of um, businesses chuck people into management positions because they're good at what they do. Um, A lot of us, I I remember being made a manager, being absolutely delighted and then thinking, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) I've got a pay rise, I've got a car, I buy myself a nice pen, but actually I don't know what I'm doing. Um, (laughs) And so I do a huge amount of looking at that and saying, right, well, how do we put in leadership management programs so that people are properly trained into what is a very different role? Um, But if I look at the spread of things I'm doing at the moment with businesses, there's nothing. There's no kind of common, this is, you know, just one thing. Um, In-house, it's a lot of headhunting in in in-house teams, teaching them how to headhunt properly rather than just calling up people and hoping for the best, um, Mm -hmm. which is a pretty nerve-wracking thing to do. Um, Yeah, That's
0: good that you get a lot of variety. I think, um, you know, I think just exactly as you said, probably in the coaching side, you know, it's been, I saw somebody, I think it was David, sort of looking at, you know, we're trying to productize an awful lot of things and which which i i I like i'll be honest because it does give ability to scale but um you know you're taking a need you're then bespoking that in as a service to then coach which um you know i think um we've we've also lost sight with a lot of coaching as well you know by not personalizing it to the business goals and then the individuals within as well so that's that sounds good
1: well, for a lot of businesses, um, their their management teams, their leadership teams are busy people. Um, they put a lot of time and effort into what they do with their with their consultants, but also um, a fresh set of eyes, someone coming and spending time, um, reinforcing a message. Which I don't know if I my 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 lads just turned thirteen, I can tell him what I like. He doesn't really listen, um, but if somebody else tells him he's right on it, um, you know, and there's that kind of. There's that kind of thing that goes on a bit. Um, but also getting somebody else to come and have a look at what is actually going on, listening to the calls that people are making, try to find, you know, to help them with the language that they use, the, looking to build a better service and a better better um, relationship with their client base. We get a bit too close to the woods at times. yeah. Um, and so getting somebody in to look at that for you, to have a think about it for you can be really helpful. And coaching... You know, for a lot of leaders, a coach is a great thing to have. You know, someone you can bounce ideas off and think about things with, and someone who can just look at it from a different perspective.
0: Definitely, I, I've had I, my pro coach has been coaching me for uh, far too long now, <laughs> um, but I, I I wouldn't do do without that. Um, I, you know, it's like you go to the gym, you've got a PT. Um, why not in business? Um, have somebody to. To coach you, to stretch you, to push you, et cetera, as well, in the same way, um, and to tell you some hard truths that you probably don't want to hear from anybody else as well.
1: Well, none of us know what we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Definitely. a problem. Um, but yeah, you mentioned the gym, and I always laugh because uh, every now and then I join one. <laughs> so I <should> go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, listen, that has been hugely helpful to me in terms of the different angles that you can take, I suppose, just. Drawing it to a close in some format, and um, you know, I'm all about measurement. So, you know, do you have areas that you can re- recommend? If you do do change things, you're putting things in place. How do you encourage these leaders to then actually see whether or not they're improving? How do they measure it?
1: I think you need to have a base point, so you need to understand where you are now, um, where and and that. So we talked about um, about data earlier. People don't measure enough or keep. Uh, enough of a simple track on things so understanding where you are and then looking at what you do and how that changes things um, but it's how it changes things over time and the measurements you might be looking at vary it, it's not necessarily a, a, a money-on-the-wall um, increase in profit directly it's hard sometimes to measure that but you can measure um, Engagement—you can measure the 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 you know, inquiry to engagement, inqu- engagement to um, to placement, number of uh, number of businesses that you're working with over time, the referrals that are coming through, the variety of those, and how how well you're you uh, you're responding to them. There's lots of bits and pieces you can look at,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: I think you need to sit down and say, right, okay, what do we want to achieve? What's the vision for this business? And then what can we do to to enhance it? And what milestones are we going to use as our reference points? Because every business is, is different. Yeah,
0: And thinking longer term than it's quick true. fixes as well. Yeah.
1: If you're looking for a quick fix, you've got a very short-term business. Um, yeah. Recruitments are a very long-term business. Yeah, um, and the referral stuff we talked about before, thats there's no overnight success with that stuff. Yeah. It no. takes time. It takes effort. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. So you're out and about, you talk in the circuit, you're sort of speaking all over the place as well um, and working with customers. You know, yeah, what yeah. have you got planned on the run up to Christmas or ne- early next year?
1: Uh, busy at the moment up to Christmas. Um, it's it's frightening to even be talking about Christmas, but it feels I know. like I don't know if it's just because I'm old and and but every year seems to go so fast. Um, Cramming in quite a bit. Um, a lot of clients are trying to get stuff done before the holidays come, um, because you know once once December ticks around, things just slow up, particularly in the recruitment world. Um, but uh, you know, a few speaking things. If you if you check out, um, if if uh, if people want to see me speak, I'm, I'm I speak at a lot of conferences and things all the time. Um, just on the Rec Expo up at the NEC, which which we were both at. Which was which Great, was, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, yeah, really good too but also um i have a weekly podcast which comes out on a monday called the only one brilliant. business show um which awesome. is all about uh basically about service excellence which is i interview wonderful people like bob berger wrote the go-giver and guys like that um Excellent. and uh, lots of vlogs and that sort of stuff
0: well brilliant well, i'd love to get the link for that and we'll put that up on the news page so that if anybody wants to tune into the podcast as well then that yep. that sounds really good for um they're keen to learn more about this topic. Um, and I'm presuming LinkedIn, you can go and you're open to connections?
1: Oh Yes, please. Find me on LinkedIn. Okay. I've, I changed my thing about five years ago to link to James, and I can't change it back now. So that's it's, it's link to James. Everywhere else, I'm James Nathan on Twitter, on Facebook. Well, oh, on... that
0: must really yeah. annoy your personal branding there, eh?
1: <laughs> What was more annoying was there's a guy called James Nathan who won MasterChef a few years ago, and he's picked up oh. the first few pages of Google. Um, and it
0: wasn't you. I thought it was you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did get a lot of congratulations letters from my family, which I thought was really fun. But um, oh. no, I'm, I'm James Nathan everywhere, and James Nathan TV is where my my YouTube channel is. YouTube.
0: Excellent. I can see that the guys have just uh, put your LinkedIn link there as well. So, hopefully, you know, you'll get some good people that are interested and give you some feedback. But thank you so much for being part. You've been an awesome guest. I hope you've enjoyed the session as well. Um, thank you yeah, no, we really, really appreciate And for everybody else, this will be put onto um, our news page. Um, that you can see the replay or send it, send it on to others. Um, right. In order for us to keep doing this content, we want to know it's 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 really good. So please go and like us everywhere that this is in. Give us your feedback. If there is a guest you want us to have on board, please let us know um, because we're doing this to hopefully help you guys as well. And I, I'm loving all the contacts or the, the, the questions and answers and comments that we've been having. So thank you for making it as interesting active as possible as well so have a lovely uh rest of the month it's end of month time next week recruiters so get your figures on the <laughs> doors um yeah, yeah. so yeah <laughs> and uh, i hope you have a, a a good week and we'll talk to you in the next one which will be a third wednesday in every month thanks, thanks all lot, thanks everybody for listening thank you thanks a lot james
1: Bye-bye. Bye bye